your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Thomas Welch. And I'm Josh Hyman. We got a fun episode for you today because the St. Louis Blues are finally fully healthy. Braden Shen is off the injured reserve onto the practice ice, and it sounds like he will be in the lineup for the Blues matchup tomorrow against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So we're going to preview that game against the Pittsburgh Penguins in our final segment. In our second segment, we're going to talk a little bit about trades, how this Blues team can improve, and what their odds look like for a push through the playoffs. In our first segment, we're going to be talking about this fully healthy team. But before we break that down, we want to thank you guys once again for making us your first listen of the day. If it's on your daily commute to work, to school, whatever it might be, if you're sipping on some Starbucks coffee just to try to keep your eyes open, you're stuck in traffic, whatever it might be, uh, we thank you guys so much for starting your day off with the Locked On Blues. So that being said, Josh, I think Robert Thomas said it best. You said it best before the pod. This team, when it's at full capacity, full tilt, has three first lines, and we're going to see them in action against the Pittsburgh Penguins. How do you feel about Braden Shen coming back into the lineup and being a third liner? Huh? When was the last time we heard that? It's been a fat minute since Braden Shen. Buchnevich is down there, line. too. Buchnevich is down Our there, too. Our best forward. Yeah, the fact of the matter is this team is so deep, and these players are so talented that any one of these lines could be interchangeable. Uh, any of them could be that first line. So what are your thoughts going into this, uh, this stretch against Two future Hall of Famers and Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin and against the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals. It's been a heck of a long time since the Blues have had a fully healthy roster. Um, it's almost been kind of easy to forget the fact that uh, tremendous amounts of injuries isn't the norm for an NHL team because it felt like every single time, not it felt like, it's a fact that every single time we've sat down to record this podcast since... I believe the date is November 25th. Um, We've had a multitude of injuries to discuss, a multitude of lineup changes to discuss. It feels like every segment one uh, of our podcast for the last month and a half has been, all right, and here are today's injuries. Here's who's not playing. Here's some guy that we've never heard of that's going to come up and take his place. And then the next day we'll be like, hey, that guy that we've never heard of, he's really good. Uh, So it's it's been a bumpy road since late November in terms of the injuries and you know, looking at this roster and the Blues just piecing together the best uh, full-strength lineup that they can, um, whether it's, you know, the the fun times a few weeks ago with 17 skaters or the emergency backup goalie. This has been a long time coming. Um, and not only that, the Blues have performed so well with these injuries and with this adversity that it's even easier to forget that when fully healthy, this lineup just looks absolutely terrifying on paper just because we haven't had that many games with a fully healthy lineup. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I, I assume it's less than 10, It's got to be less 15. than a 50-50 split. Yeah. So it's been it's been a rocky road in terms of that, but you know the record of the St. Louis Blues wouldn't tell you that. If you just looked at the, the wins and losses, you would have no idea that they've been hurting so much in terms of their lineup. So, you know, the important thing for the St. Louis Blues is managing expectations, not getting too high on the fact that you've got guys coming back from, you know, uh, uh, coming back from injury and stuff and having a fully healthy roster, just do what you've been doing the past month and a half. It's been winning you games despite the the injuries. And, 
you're going to have even more success. Like I was saying, uh, like last week, um, the Blues splitting up the Russian line was disappointing, but it's also exciting to know that they're no longer just sort of a one-line team because as dominant as that Russian line was, it was kind of the fact that if that line was off the mark, then you weren't getting any offense from anywhere else. Now, all of a sudden, you got a guy like Pavel Buchnevich on the third line, and then you got a guy like Jordan Cairo on the second line, and you got like Ryan O'Reilly on the first line, and it's like everywhere you turn, and playing the St. Louis Blues, you just got dynamic, high skill, you know, high scoring forward up and down the line. It's gonna be it's gonna be a nightmare for Pittsburgh uh, tomorrow night. I feel like early on in their careers, and I feel like even maybe earlier on this season, Craig Berube was reluctant to put Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas with each other on the same line, just because anytime you have young guys uh, in this league that are still developing and still kind of finding their footing. At the NHL level, you want to pair them with veterans as much as possible to help, like, train them and let them know, like, hey, it's the little things and, like, tell them what to do and tell them when they mess up and all those things. So him having the confidence to put Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo on the same line speaks dividends to uh, where they're at in their development and how much trust the coach has in not only their offensive talent, because I think that's been prevalent since day one, but uh, defensively, uh, backchecking, I mean, like we said, all of these guys could be first lines at any point in time, and Craig Berube utilizes them like that. He doesn't care who's out there. If it's Nathan McKinnon in the top line of the the Colorado Avalanche, he's going to send out Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, and Vladimir Tarasenko uh, and be confident that they're going to lock it down defensively. And so far this season, they've been able to do that. But for as much as we love the fact that the Blues are looking like they're fully healthy, uh, their bench <laughs> is not. Steve Ott and Van Ryan will not be available uh, to coach the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So head coach Drew Bannister of the Springfield Thunderbirds will be called up to assist uh, the St. Louis Blues on can't the bench. Can't catch a break. Can't, can't catch, catch a, break, a break, man. But the players are all there, and that's when we when fully healthy. The guys on the ice uh, are putting in the work, and they're going to be firing on all cylinders. Uh, and one of the guys that we haven't talked about yet, but I think is going to be a big part and equally, maybe not equally, but uh, just as influential in his return uh, is Robert Bertuzzo, who Lou Korak reported today. Uh, and Craig Ruby said that the next time that they practice, he will be on the ice. So potentially we could be looking at him slotted back in the lineup uh, for, for the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins as well. And Josh and I were kind of talking before the podcast. It's going to be curious to see who is the odd man out there because you like right off the bat, you kind of think like Oprunovich is the young guy. Like he's not going to get that many minutes. He's it's easy to just pull him out and slot Bertuzzo in there. But at the same time, Perunovic is a force to be reckoned with on the power play. He's got that skating ability uh, and, and he's proven that those stretch passes are lethal and he's, he can hold his own defensively. So I would not be surprised to see, Perunovic, because he's left-handed, take the spot of Scandella on the left side, and then you put Bertuzzo in there, and then that kind of rounds it out. But that also would create waves with a veteran player, so you never really know what's going to happen there. I think it's a good problem to have. Um, You know, at the beginning of the season, over the first few games, and something we'll be talking about in segment two, uh, this defense really felt like it had a big hole um, in terms of personnel. And it really felt like you couldn't find the right guys to play at any spot. You know, the power play wasn't doing well from a defensive standpoint. Um, penalty kill, they were struggling as well. And then just five on five, the defense was a mess. Uh, now all of a sudden, you know, a couple of weeks later, flip the script and we're looking at it and be like, dang, we got two NHL caliber guys at the defensive 
position. What are we going to do? Um, <clears throat> I definitely think that the simple solution, you know, is to take Perunovic out. I know you were reading off some of his ice time before the game, and he was getting six, seven minutes per game. And it seems like a no-brainer if you look at it that way. Um, there was one game he had eight. But the other one, the most recent games, he's had like 13. Yeah, so seems like kind of a no-brainer if you're looking at it from a pure ice time perspective. But then if you're looking at it from a personnel perspective, you can say, well, can you replace Scott Perunovic on the power play? Um, or would it be easier to replace Marco Scandella on the penalty kill? And if you look at it from a pure special teams perspective, I think you can argue that Robert Bertuzzo can come in and do a good job on the penalty kill Um more so than he could come in and help the power play, which obviously, you know, he's not exactly... Uh, <laughs> even though he was at forward uh, for a couple games there. The Sellies are always top-notch. Oh my god, I, I need a Bortuzzo goal soon. We haven't had one in too long. Well, if I had to make a pin, I would say Perunovic will be the guy that comes out of the lineup. Uh, just on penalty kills a little bit more important than power play in terms of firepower. The Blues aren't having a ton of trouble scoring. Uh, they'd probably rather sacrifice offense from their defense rather than defense from their defense. But then again, I you know it could be more of a matchup based thing. If you're playing a team that has you know a lot of big bruising forwards, you might want to keep Scandella and excuse me and Bortuzzo in the lineup. But if you're playing a team that plays a little bit more uh, you know east to west fast paced style, it might be a time to have a guy like Scott Perunovic in the lineup. And with the addition of the taxi squad as well, it makes it a lot more more likely that we see Perunovic and you know other guys just kind of filtering in and out of the lineup back and forth um so I don't think this spell is the end of Perunovic's you know spot in the lineup this season I think it might be end up being a little bit matchup based like I was saying you know depending on who the Blues are playing and the type of system that they're running uh you might see them go with offense versus defense in terms of the matchups there but you know, overall, it's it's a good problem to have and not one I was expecting to be talking about at the beginning of the season with the way that this defense was looking. Yeah, and something else I wasn't expecting to be talking about is Jacob Chikorin potentially being traded from the Arizona Coyotes. Sounds like the Arizona Coyotes are looking for a Jack Eichel-type return, which is definitely a conversation point. So we're going to get into that as well as uh, St. Louis Blues trades, how they could potentially improve their team moving forward and going through the playoffs. But before we get into that, I want to remind you guys about our friends over at Primal Origin Oils, because if you have a beard, you need to get Primal. That's right. If you have a beard, you need to get Primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get Primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. The combo kits make a great holiday gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad that you did. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel in beard to the other products that you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. So use the code Locked On, and that'll get you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. That's code Locked On at checkout for 20% off. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, Josh. So if you're the Arizona Coyotes, I would understand why you would want um, the horse or maybe all seven horses and the barn 
<laughs> in return for him. Uh, but I think the likelihood of that happening for the St. Louis Blues is just not in the cards. Um, I understand he's a scoring defenseman off the small sample size that he's had. His analytics look fantastic. His plus minus might not, but that's, I mean, we know that that's a very fickle stat, especially when you're playing for a team that is like minus 60 in goal differential on the season. Like you're, no one's on that team is going to have a good plus minus. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. Ryan O'Reilly wouldn't either. And we saw that uh, when he played with the Sabres, he didn't have a good plus minus. And now with the blues, uh, he's one of the best two way forwards in the league. So that being said, Josh, are you in or are you out still on Chikrin? And if you are out, uh, how do you think this Blues team can improve? I know we've talked about defensemen all off season long, all season long. It seems like that is the one thing that this team is potentially missing. Do you think they make a trade soon? Do you think they make a trade at the deadline? Do you think they stay pat? What are your thoughts here on uh, the trade circus that is the St. Louis Blues and the mastermind that is Doug Armstrong. I think every team in the NHL wants a guy like Jacob Chicker, and he's sort of the another an example of the new wave of NHL defensemen, sort of uh, guys that can do it all, not just play well on their own end, but generate offense as well. And like you said, it is a limited sample size, but there's no reason to believe that he's not going to continue to produce, you know, moving forward. And especially when you look at the fact that he has been on an Arizona Coyotes team that hasn't you know has had trouble scoring goals since the beginning of time um you wonder what speaking of scoring goals just a subtle reminder that jacob chikrin scored more goals last year than any other defenseman and that includes kale mccarr so yeah i mean as much as we like to poke fun at the coyotes and say like hey like oh yeah you got the next jack eichel defenseman you're gonna want the barn for him sure but like they very well could and he's very young and his contract is incredibly team friendly yeah so. i mean if i'm the coyotes i'm not looking to move jacob chikrin uh you know he's sort of the one bright spot that they've got going for them right now or one of the few i guess um but the flip side of that you build around him you might the thing with that is i don't know if he's that type of player i don't know if he's a franchise cornerstone i don't see it happening this season i mean look how long it took for for the jack eichel trade to come together it was, you know, a year in the making almost. And that's just hard to, to throw together at the trade deadline. If you're, you know, gutting that many roster players in order to bring in one guy, it's just tough. You know, no contender is really going to want to do that. Um, and especially the St. Louis Blues, who are already right up against the cap. And, you know, their forward depth is great, but I don't think it's great to the point where you can justify sacrificing one, two, three of those guys, plus prospects and picks to bring in one guy for your defense. I just don't know if that makes sense for the St. Louis Blues. Um, that being here's said, a, a fun question oh, for I, you I, that's going to hurt. I wonder that's, if you're going to, I wonder if you're going to say exactly what I was about to say, but hit me. You just do a jinx real it fast. Might be. If Arizona comes calling to Doug Armstrong and says, Hey, we are interested in Vladimir. Yeah, Tarasenko. I do it. As, We're willing yeah. to offer you Jacob Chikrin. <laughs> what do you say, Josh? What do you say? <sighs> I'm sure it's, I mean, I'm, it's not going to be, it's, I, I'm sure that's not going to happen. But if that does happen, even if the Blues have to add, I'm probably Look, saying yes. At the beginning of the season, or at the beginning of this Tarasenko trade saga, we said the Blues need one thing if they're getting a Tarasenko return, and that is a potential cornerstone defenseman to try to replace, you know, Alex Petrangelo. Um, Led the league in scoring last year for a defenseman. Young, team-friendly contract. 
If you're still trading Vladimir Tarasenko, that might be the perfect trade for the St. Louis Blues. Obviously, you know, easier said than like you said, I don't think it's going to be that simple. And unfortunately, I think if it comes time, like, you know, maybe it's the offseason when he gets traded, I think there would be better offers out there than just Vladimir Tarasenko's trade up. So I think the Blues would have to add. I think it would probably have to be Tarasenko, a guy like Clay. Costin, another prospect, and then a couple picks. It would be a big, hefty trade. But the flip side of that is if Tarasenko's going regardless and you kind of look at it as trading him rather than losing him for nothing, I'm all for it. Obviously a huge hypothetical, but I'm all for it. And here's the thing with that is I I, I am with everyone that I love Vladdy, want him to stay here for the rest of his career, right? I would love for him to retire a St. Louis Blue. That being said, with the recent article, by Mike McKenna that came out that was basically doubling, doubling down on what Jeremy Rutherford said and saying the latest is he still wants out. What I'm scared of is keeping Vladdy for like too long. And then maybe he, maybe next season he kind of returns back to form and doesn't have that fire and doesn't tear it up like he is this season. You want to sell at the highest. And if you can get a guy in return like Jacob Chikrin, who is 23 years old, like we talked about, Led all defensemen in goal scoring last season, including Kale McCarr. Had 41 points last season as a D-man. His analytics look fantastic. And like you said, team-friendly deal. Just how team-friendly is it, Josh? Six years at $27 million. That's a 4.6 mil cap hit for a guy that led the entire league in goals scored. How many goals did he score? Dude, 18 goals as a D-man. Like... In, in like 60 understand. games. Yeah, like I understand that the yeah, 56 games. 18 goals. Could have been a, could have been a could have been a 30 goal scorer. And he's a big dude. Like this is not this is not a Vince Dunn kind of or it's not even like a Kale McCarr kind of like shifty speedster guy. I feel like we have that in Perunovic, maybe not. I don't know. The the jury's still out on him, right? But you have that archetype in a guy like Perunovic. Jacob Chikrin is 6'2", 220 pounds. So he's 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 not that, but he can potentially be a franchise player, and it's that's the kind of risk you run when you're trading a guy like Vladdy. But if you can get a contract like this, I mean, Doug has to be thinking about it, right? He's got to be kicking the tires at some point. Flip side of that is you look at his stats this season. You know, I, I know the Arizona Coyotes have been absolutely god awful, but 26 game played, two goals, five assists, seven points, not quite matching the pace of his last season. So, you know, the flip side of that is. Yeah, his team is really poor this season. You know, yeah, it could be chucked up to that. But if last season was an anomaly and he really is just sort of a middle of the lineup defenseman and you're paying, you know, an arm and a leg to try to bring him in and he disappoints, you know, could be could be a franchise crippling move if you're dumping that many players for a guy like him, for an Eichel-like return for a guy that only has one successful season. Just playing devil's ad- advocate. Not saying I agree with that, but it is... I agree with you. My rebuttal to that is how much of a Jack Eichel return does Vladimir Tarasenko tape, take up at this at this point and stage in the season, right? Because I feel like it has to be like... A lot. Yeah. If they're genuinely interested in Vladimir Tarasenko and said like, hey, we'd be interested in moving Jacob Chikrin for him, I can't imagine that they'd be like, oh, well, we also want a first-round pick and your top-rated prospect and like all of these guys as well. I think they would definitely want something along the lines like to go with Vladdy because he's going to be a free agent soon. But I, I think there's going to be a lot of value placed in him. But I don't know. They could also just be like, we don't want Vladdy. And I don't know 
to be fair, I really don't know why they would trade for Vladdy, but hypothetically, I, I do think the Blues would benefit from that trade. Hopefully they benefit in their next game up against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So we're going to preview that when we come back. So don't go anywhere. All right, Josh. So we were looking at standings before the podcast started. It looks like in terms of record, uh, these teams are right there next to each other, right neck and neck. Identical. Identical. 19-9-5, I believe. Penguins have a couple guys that have been playing uh, above expectations, including a certain Evan Rodriguez, who is just absolutely soaring. His stock is through the roof this season. He's on my fantasy team, so it's going to be the one game that I'm not rooting for him. Jake Gensel has 30 points on this or 29 points on the season for the Penguins leads the team. Chris Letang looks like he's 25 years old slinging the puck around and Sid the kid is still a point per game even though he's missed some games this season. So, Josh, how do you think the Blues will be successful in their endeavors against the Pittsburgh Penguins and do you think they will come out on top in this matchup? Yeah, I mean anytime you get uh, uh... Uh, East Coast versus West Coast, or Eastern Conference versus Western Conference matchup, I should say. Um, it's going to be a little, little different than your typical, you know, Central Division grudge match. Um, it's been kind of the case for the past few years that Eastern Conference teams have been a little more, you know, speed and skill based, and the Western Conference teams have been kind of grinded out physical style. And I think that's kind of true this year, maybe not quite to the same extent that it was uh, in years past, but I still think the sentiment holds that. You're really just trying to go in and play your game. If you're the St. Louis Blues, you're not trying to do anything fancy. You're not going to read read up on too much film and try to match what the Pittsburgh Penguins are doing because it's a team that you're only going to be playing twice this season. you know. And it's more about getting to your game and doing what you can do successfully rather than beating the Pittsburgh Penguins at their game. Um, you know. So that being said, anytime you're going up against Sidney Crosby and you know, getting Mulgan, that roster is dangerous you know, every time. So... Like I said, you got to go out and, and do the things that you've been doing if you're the St. Louis Blues that have brought you success, especially with a full health so You can't get too high on that. You can't say, oh, now that we're fully healthy, we can take our foot off the gas a little bit. Uh, that's how you you know, that's how you know get into a stretch of losing. Um, so it's, it's a good first step into what is hopefully a long stretch of play where the Blues are fully healthy. Uh, keep it simple like we kind of saw in the Winter Classic when they started scoring goals. They just simplified their game a little bit. Um made the right play every single time. I think that's the key is, is keeping things simple. Um, you know, just making the right play, uh, you know, one shift after another, not trying to do too much out there. And then they should be able to come away with a win. Yeah, I think so too. And it, it sounds like the most recent report I saw said Yari should be out of protocol, COVID protocol. They also just got Brian Rust back and uh, Kapanen should be back in the lineup as well. So as much as we're talking about this Blues team getting fully healthy, those are some those are some pretty solid names back in the lineup for the Pittsburgh Penguins too. So they're definitely going to have to come to play, and they're definitely going to have to give 110% out there and play a full 60. All the cliches. Um, so our favorite cliche on the show is locked on player of the game. Yes, and sir. I said it at the end of the last episode. It was the buzzer beater, right? And I said these next two games, because they're going up against Sid the Kid, who is a role model for so many young hockey players growing up. I think Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas fit in in that mold. Ovechkin, absolute same storyline. So I'm going to take, I want to take Jordan Cairo bad, but I always like, you know me, Josh, I love the dark horse. I love the underrated story and I love the players that 
you don't expect to come out and rise out of the ashes and uh, put on a show. So I'm going to say Robert Thomas as my locked on player of the game. Still doubling down on the multi-point game for both of them. I'm taking Rob Tom. I like that. I think that's a solid choice. Um, I got two guys that I'm kind of throwing around back and forth. Um, One guy I think I'm not going to pick, but I am going to cheat a little bit and give my reasoning why I would have picked him, and that's Ryan O'Reilly. A guy that's kind of flowed radar this season a little bit, hasn't been asked to propel the offense quite as much as in years past, still has been just as dominant in every other aspect of his game, but because he's only, I think, seventh on the team in points, hasn't gotten quite as much attention. but he is the type of guy that steps up in these games and, you know, plays well, will lock down Sidney Crosby, et cetera, et cetera. We've heard that narrative a thousand times before. But one narrative I've been talking about a whole lot is Ivan Brashev. You go up against Jordan Kairou, Robert Thomas, and Pavel Buchnevich, and Vladimir Tarasenko, and Ryan O'Reilly. And the list goes on, and you're just exhausted. You're like, oh, my God, how many skilled forwards did this team got? And then you see 40 and hop over the ice, and you're like, oh, Barbashev. That's that uh, kind of that two-way pest from last season, right? You know, because that's what he's been. And then also, Barbashev going up and down the ice, making passes left and right, banging bodies, scoring goals, career high in points less than halfway into the season. He is sort of the straw that broke the camel's back when it comes to defending the St. Louis Blues, uh, in my opinion. I think that's why he's had so much success this year. Um, you know, on that line with Barbashev and or with uh, Bushnevich and Tarasenko, sort of that that third third wheel almost but has had so much success because all the attention has been on uh Buchnevich and Tarasenko now on that third line with uh Buchnevich and I want to say so once again sort of the, the third third wheel in terms of attention from the other team doesn't mean he's going to be the the third most productive forward I think he's going to go out and really thrive uh, like I said when it comes to keeping it simple no one better than Ivan Barbashev he's Mr. Rolla out there you know what you're getting out of him night in night out um i'm looking to watch him continue his hot stretch as of late and his career defining season maybe get a couple points a uh, couple big hits against the pittsburgh penguins i'm excited that's why i'm choosing ivan barbashev as my i like that pick a lot honestly especially we keep talking about going up against the east coast team i feel like the grinding style of that third line with a guy like who's not afraid to bang bodies and all three of them buchnevitz barbashev barbashev and Shen are going to go out say there. That, say that. Uh, say those names five times fast. Buchnevich, Barbashev, <laughs> and Shen all going to go out there uh, and not be afraid to knock your teeth down your throat. And I think um, as as talented as the Penguins are and as skilled as they are, I'm not sure they're going to have an answer for that line. So I love that pick, Josh. Uh, and I love this podcast. But unfortunately, we are out of time. So thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to and subscribe to us on YouTube. I think we're still pretty close to 100 subscribers on there. Uh, and we love interacting with you guys and, re- and replying to those comments. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at Twelcher15. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. But like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.